It's going, it's going. Hello everyone, Venrus here. And I am the Loose News Moose Goose. And this is I Don't Know Podcast because we don't know a lot of stuff but like to talk about them. Loose, what's topic for today's podcast? Today's topic is the Silence and the Fury DLC for Warhammer, uh, Total War Warhammer 2. Specifically the DLC, not all the other stuff that got added the same day. Yeah, we'll be talking about DLC only because there is a lot of to talk about, really. Yeah. Uh, so Sorry that we didn't have the podcast uh, earlier, but I was sick and we had to play the DLC because we don't have early access, so we needed to play it. I have so much I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> there is really a lot to talk about, but we'll have this podcast uh, in segments and we'll be talking about presentation, then story, then gameplay fun factor and we'll we'll score it uh, with an ogre scoring so less ogres the better <sighs> <laughs> oh there's uh, there's there's really hard to uh, have a proper start with this dlc really because uh, for me it's uber mixed bug <laughs> i'm the same way um Starting okay, so starting from the top, right, with the presentation of the overall thing, right? Uh, I think they made it look amazing, and the sounds for I don't like Oxadel's voice. I guess it's one of my big audio hangups. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. <laughs> but other than that, um, I think the sounds good. The presentation overall of like the CA is really good at marketing their stuff visually. Like, holy crap. Okay, but the presentation is uh, not only audio, but also the visuals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like the audio. Like, um, let's see. I don't, I'm not 100% on this, but I know they added even more of uh, kill sync animations, which is just icing let's, on the Let's cake. talk about voice first, okay? Voice first? <laughs> sure. Okay, let's go. Um, what do you, what is your opinion on like the sound and like the voices for them? Ah, uh, to be honest, I remember when the DLC for the Beastman was released first, and I really liked how Beastmen were talking. Yeah, so Kazrak, Malagor, yeah. they have their unique language. And here I immediately saw it uh, when you hear in the Vortex, when Taurox is speaking, his very long line, you can hear that he repeats same words very often. It looks like, like like they recorded only several words and they are in a loop. Only mm. several sentences. But uh, when you... And I even checked how it was in Kazrak and it sounds much more smooth. You know, this uh, fantasy language it sounds like a fantasy language, not like Sims talking. I understand. I um I I guess I was too involved with checking out some other stuff. I did not catch uh, the vortex repeating lines, but I did have just hangups in general with Torox's voice. Uh, I, I guess now that you've you've put it that way, it is very similar because like just doing his runic axes, hearing him giving his pre-battle speech, I I didn't like it. I got it. It's like the most is the most basic way of putting it. It seemed very. What, what's the uh, the correct phrasing for this? I would say it seemed very slapped on. Like, artificial, uh, I would say. Yeah, maybe yeah. Artificial would be even better terminology for it. Like it doesn't measure up 
to like what you were saying, the polish the other three Beastman Lords had for their dialogue. Yeah, and I had the similar feeling with Oxyotl, really. I just overall don't like uh, Oxyotl's sound, so I may be entirely biased. Um, compared him to like uh, the other skinks, like just base skink units, I think they sound better than Oxyotl. There's there's something strange with Oxyotl voice, but he, yeah. what's even uh, more funny, I checked uh, the length of introduction vortex for Taurox, and it's almost two minutes, and introduction for Oxyotl is thirty seconds. Yeah, I don't know if if you were trying to play devil's advocate, you could be like, ah, Oxyotl didn't talk a whole lot for seven thousand years in the warp or whatever. But if you're if you're buying a DLC. I want both sides to feel like they had equal work put in. Yet, so it uh, looks like like Torox is a talker. Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot to say that one. A lot of it is mooing. <laughs> yeah. Besides those two voice, I don't think uh, we have any complaints about the recorded voice for the units. Not really. I mean, I didn't. I guess for like just regular units, I expected anything. In particular, I would have liked it if, like, the, Jab- the Jabber Scythe, for instance, if you zoomed in on it, you heard, like, some sort of crazy sounds or whatever, but realistically, I know that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, I would say it's like uh, the standards of Creative Assembly stuff, so uh, yeah, nothing yeah. to complain here, really, with those voice. But uh, when we end on audio, we need to get to the graphics. Animations, models... Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, and this 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 is a thing. Let me start on it, please, because uh, we received Gorgon, we received uh, Jabber's Light, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, Torox, and I have nothing to complain about them. How they look, how they move, how they feel, really. But if we go to the animations and models on the Lizardman side. Uh-huh. Ooh, there is oh, there is stones, stones, stones to complain here. I, uh, uh, hmm. Okay, t- say it, say it, because I need to gather my mind. <laughs> my you, thoughts. You, okay, so let's let's move on to the lizard together. As far uh, as like before, we get into the lizards entirely. I just want to make a note that for the beastmen, visually, at a glance, it, they look great, right? Uh, but being completely fair, I think I've seen some shots I haven't experienced personally of the Goron's unit card looking like it was made out of Play-Doh and bad lighting, and that was weird. Um, and I wish Torox had more diverse animations for his fighting, because he just really feels like a bigger uh, a bigger ball. Yeah, but he has very good idle animations. He like He throws his axes, like in our RPG game. <laughs> yeah and you just smash heads uh, out there but uh, there's one, there was also oh uh, ROR version so Regiment of, of Gorok, Gorgon have a unique model this is important because in the past CA was always doing only retextures mm-hmm. and this is unique model and it's using parts from Bloodthirster from Warhammer 3 which is super interesting. Very into that. Yes, and it's like for the first time, 
maybe not first time uh, I'm, I may mistake with here but they were always in 90-90% of cases they were doing just different textures for the regiment yeah. of renown units this is a unique model like mo- entirely new model has new parts and this is this is really cool they are moving very good same with the jabber slide jabber slide even have unique uh, sink kill uh, Which is eat, nice. eating horses very good thing very uh, good it's like a first uh, sync animation for, uh, I think, for cavalry, even in the game right now. Yes, it is. I don't like. I don't have any complaints about the Beastmen. It is just like wishful thinking. Like, oh, I wish they'd done this. Wish they'd done this. Lizards, however. Uh... <laughs> Last thing with the Beastmen. There is a, a Tusker chariot unit that is like, a, okay, whatever unit. <laughs> yeah, kinda. It's there for sure. Uh, Wargore is looking very generic for a hero, yeah. uh, at least uh, for my standards. And uh, the thing that I was uh, not expecting, the Dumble is looking very good. And the fact that he's using fists uh, fighting is also very, very, very good idea. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing what people do with that. But uh, we need to move to the sad part of the visuals, really. Yeah. So, uh, the Lizardman, I, I know that you're a very big fan of Oxyotl and Lizardman overall, so I will let you speak first because uh, you will ease the punch that I have. <laughs> okay, so, uh, going one at a time, visually, like, if you look at a still image, most of them are okay, except for the flying snake. The <laughs> Quaddle man, come on! It's supposed to be this mystical, like awe-inspiring snake flying thing based on like actual Aztec mythology, and it is so. Its animations are so bad. They are so bad. Kotal, <laughs> uh, first of all, Kotal. Uh, I don't know why they gave him bark. It should be a snake head, not a bird head. I don't mm. know. There's so, there's so many very questionable decisions about the thing. I'm looking at one right now, and I'm just uh, yeah, perplexed. The, the, people made uh, very good arts of uh, Kotal. Even the mod that Chaos Ruby did, with with very high respect to Creative Assembly. But I think this is uh, this is the worst unit that we had to pay in the history of Total War Warhammer right now. I'm inclined to agree with you, and I hate it because I, I heard them like the unit drop, and I was like, "Oh man, finally! It's going to be so great to see what they can do with like official tools." And we have this. It uh, doesn't have land animation. Uh, it's not even flying per se. It's hovering above the ground, still knocking back all the units with its mass. Mm. Like, ah, no, nothing is really working with that unit. Mm-mm. I, I was trying to tweak it with modding tools to make it uh, rotation faster, mass bigger. N- nothing helps. It's broken. <laughs> it's it's uh, gets still sometimes. It freezes during uh, combat or during the animation. It... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was I I don't know. Uh, this is company that gave us subscribers like gave us help with abominations, hydras. Those units are awesome and looks all looks are much com- to, to be much more complicated units. And they gave us Kotal that uh, some YouTubers mentioned that looks like a very poor version of Kathai. 
uh, dragons that would be released in Warhammer 3, and sadly, it looks like that way. Uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's perplexing to see what this company is capable of and just how this can even happen. It's nuts. Say, like, same thing for the Skink Oracle hero, uh, always on top of the Troglodon. My opinion, a very extremely powerful unit, but as far as animations, he's just kind of there. <laughs> The, yeah, the, the oracle is not moving. The troglodon is having some unique animation. It's not only Carnosaur. It's having most animations from Carnosaur, but it's using its hands in battle also. So it's not it that also, bad. It's got some idols that are using its tongue to flick around and find stuff as well. That's kind of fun. Yeah, troglodon is fine. The troglodon is uh, it's a unit very similar to Carnosaur, so... Hard to say, it's very unique looking, looks like a jabber slide, so uh, mm. uh, overgrown frog, but Trogolon is fine. I, I don't have any complaints, but I have complaints for Chameleon Skinks yeah. uh, because uh, their animation uh, makes that their weapon disappear in battle sometimes, and it's quite often, really. I I, I hate that I love so many of the, like, the new units and so many of them are so jank. Like, the stalkers are so fun. The whole idea of this shock infantry shooting and hitting battle is something I've wanted ever since I've seen Free Company Militia. Uh, so I just, oh my god, it's so cool. And and they show up, and they have problems too. Yeah, with this uh, update, they added the way of making units to shoot while moving for units that was not possible. So, uh, for example, Marauders are able to do it right now with their throwing taxes. In the past, it was not possible. And Gyrocopters are also able to do it when it was not possible in the past. Which so is it's, so cool. It's a cool thing. Oh, and we need to talk about last unit. So Oxyoto, how, how is he looking visually? Uh, he, hmm, I don't know. I, I like him. He definitely feels different than some of the other skinks. I like his animations where he spins around and balances on his blowpipe and stuff like that. I, I don't think I have any real complaints. I haven't noticed any animation problems. Have you? Uh, I did not, but he also have a very unique thing that uh, only Imrik had in the in the game that we were talking previously. When he's using his unique projectile blowpipe, he goes on a stick and use the blowpipe. Mm -hmm. This is very good thing, and I hope that more and more uh, legendary lords, and not only them, will have unique animations like. When you use a roar on your lions, let's say, that was a unit that was added in the Warden of the Punch DLC, uh, you will see the lions roaring, yeah? Not only mm -hmm. an ability pop-up. And this this is this is the top-notch quality. And this top-notch quality makes me angry that we have this and we have Kotal. I, it's so confusing. You, you can... It almost seems like that... I don't know. If it was like a company point of view and I had people screaming at me for five years for two units, I would spend a lot of time and budget on those two units when I finally put them out. And it feels like that might be what happened and the Coatl was just also there. <laughs> yeah, we can see where the animation budget went. The Charlemagne, <laughs> really, really as people would say. Charlemagne's. 
Okay, uh, presentation is uh, behind us, I think. We can go mm -hmm. to the story. This will be short because uh, this is DLC. This is also my complaint here. This DLC didn't have a story. No, no, it didn't. It's just, go. F hey, you, go fight Torox. Hey, Torox, go get the thing. Yeah, that, this is the thing that we will get with the mechanics, but... Uh, all DLC is in Warhammer 2, besides the Queen and the Crown, had a yeah. uh, main narrative. So missions that you need to go, goals that you need to do to get to the final battles. None of this is here. You have an intro and you have an outro. For playing, really, because there is nothing between. <laughs> and it's pretty disappointing, actually. For something that people have been looking forward to for so long, uh, specifically more Beastman content, and this is what you get, and just uh, yeah, because just it, down. in summary, uh, both Torox and Oxyatl are uh, looking for a giant Hearthstone. I don't remember the name. The Heart of Darkness. Uh, the Heart of Darkness. This is not a generic name at all. Uh, <laughs> but this is all, really. <laughs> and even that yeah. the stories in the previous DLC were a small ones, at least you had them. And this is nothing <laughs> between. <Yeah. laughs> oh, forgive me. It's the Heart of the Dark a little bit better. <laughs> heart of the Dark. Uh, still, it's, it's, uh, even for me, the person that English is not a native language, it sounds strange. It's it's not what I would have went for my uh, my main narrative device. <laughs> Just hearts of the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, uh, that will be all with the story. We can go to the gameplay. The gameplay will take the most, I think. Yeah. And there is also a lot to talk about. Uh, okay, Luz, can you talk? Uh, what's the new stuff in terms of gameplay here for the Torox? Um, well, it has an official name called Momentum. I refer to it as cheating. <laughs> Where That's Torox, <laughs> thank you, I came up with it by myself. Uh, Torox has a I win meter, basically, where the more stuff you beat up, the more momentum you gain, which you can spend to just keep going. And it does eventually pop out to where you like lose your rampage if you win too much. But if you manipulate it, Torox just, he hits the gas and never stops and your campaign's over before you know it. Yeah, that's Torox. So, so mechanic is that if you're winning, uh, you fill the bar and you can take effects, and it, you can do it three times. And during those times, you can reset your movement. And uh, first of all, this mechanic was very confusing for me. I never was uh, sure why I lost it during a campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, when I get it. Like there was a, I was, uh, there is like a uh, currency of it. I was above it. So I had like, let's say eight of it. And then I was losing it, even that I lost, uh, won, won the battle and didn't fill all the bars. Uh, maybe I didn't read it properly, but I, I had hard time with managing this uh, mechanic, really. That I had something like that uh, in this game before. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, I remember the first like uh, turns for playing with it. It's hard to say that's even your fault because there's just a lot of bugs with Torox in general. Um, even when it comes to just resetting his movement, like even if you are doing it correctly, there have been several times where I reset my momentum 
and I lost the points, couldn't move anyway, and had to spend even more momentum to get stuff back. And if I changed stances, sometimes I would just lose movement, and sometimes yeah, I would because, gain it. Because there is a cheese with uh, movement for Tarox, because his rating gives him movement. You can use it, and then out of the turn, that you when you don't have movement, and you get a camp for free stance uh, and I was using it because Legend of Total War showed and I think the whole world is using it right now pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah Legend is uh, always finding the best uh, 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 cheeses in this game so we say hello to Legend that's fixing this game the most I think <laughs> <laughs> man knows the game better than the people who made it at this point at this point I think this is this is a good statement he knows the game much more <laughs> <laughs> the developers, but uh, I, as you were saying, uh, the momentum feel, felt bugged, and also I think the big problem with this mechanic was that if you're playing Horde Faction, you're never losing, yeah? Yeah. This is the thing with Horde Factions in Warhammer series. You never lose battles with those. So you just... Uh, I was able... I was playing on very hard and normal battles at turn 20, I was al already killing everything. I took whole Nagarond in 20 turns without any problems. Uh, I didn't even unlock Minotaurs at this point. I was going with the basic units and yeah. the one, the ROR that I have. And mm, with those choices that you had, uh, each time you filled the bar, I felt that there is only one good option in any of those. Yeah... Yeah, I feel the same way. Some of them are like, they, oh, that's neat, but... Yeah, the uh, option that I was always using, it was on the first bar, it was minus eight leadership and minus eight uh, melee uh, attack, uh, melee defense melee for defense, all yeah. units around Torox uh, or armies around Torox in the campaign map. And it was like, this is insta-win, really. Minus yeah. eight, both very important stats. This is insta-win. And it was, uh, like you said, one of those on every tier of his rampage. It's... Torox's entire campaign is, oh, I win, I'm going to win more. And it was, I was in the same situation with you. But I think by the time I got to just Nagaron, the city, I'd been like just dueling around so much in the local area. I was like level 25 on Torox by the time I got there. Just, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, like a first turns, it's, it's very fun, I oh, think. Yeah. But uh, after these 10 turns, when you get a second momentum, you see that there is really no choice with it. You just feel it. There is. I, I didn't have the fun with it, uh, uh, especially if you compare it to, let's say, Grom and his food mechanic. Mm -hmm. uh, Grom is, I would say, same uh, level of uh, power creep. He's very powerful in vanilla, but at least with his food mechanic, you were able to tweak some stuff you were able to make some experimentation. You don't have any of those here. Uh, you just you are just a powerhouse uh, after first three battles you win in the campaign, and you never stop. Especially since you can just encamp at the end of every turn so no one can find you. Yeah, and... It's silly. <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's really felt... <sighs> No, I expected much more from it. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I, I'm really disappointed with it. I, I understand. Like, part of me is going, 
if you really want to, you know, make excuses for it, you could say they're beast men. They're simple. They just keep going. But then you have to like you have to temper that with this is a game to, that you play, and if you never have a choice, you might as well be watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you uh, is properly that you're saying right now because watching a movie is. Uh, no matter how many times you see this movie, it's always the same movie. Yeah? Ending is always the same. Mm-hmm. We have a saying with my father that we like to watch the same movie several times, like Lord of the Rings, etc. And sometimes, uh, you know, when I go to my hometown, uh, one of our one of us is tired, and second one is staying and watch the movie. And the second day, I ask that uh, how the end, how the movie ends. <laughs> Even that we watched it like fifty uh, times already. <laughs> hey, you want to feel old real quick? Those movies are over twenty years old now. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's not half of my life at least. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember them as, as they were yesterday. We, we can make a podcast about uh, movies of our childhood. <laughs> But we should do that. But going back uh, to to my point, because this was a very big uh, side topic, oh, uh, even if you look on uh, Forge of Day, the thing that even community whole community of Totoro said that was a bad mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, when it had dilemmas, of course. Now it it have a panels, and right now I would say that Forge of Day is better than Momentum because because you at least have a choice there. Yeah, well, I mean, you can say that you have choice with the momentum and like the three rampage tiers, but again, there are clear winners on each tier. So it's sure you technically have choice, but there's a right way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Why uh, go uh, the the one that gives like ten uh, or I don't remember twenty five wins of magic, and those are never compared to even if it would be. Uh, one uh, effect of those that we said that is winning, so minus eight leadership and melee defense. Even it would be minus eight or minus ten leadership only. I would take it always. Every time, it's, yeah. that, those are really important stats, like you said. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and this is all. Taurus doesn't have any new mechanics. No, it's, that's it. That's his only distinguishing thing from the other beastmen. Other than that, he is just big. <laughs> yeah, and he's a very good, a very good big minotaur that I like. But getting to story, because we were saying that there is no uh, driven narrative with those, and getting back to the older DLCs, Vortex and Mortal Empires always had different mechanics for this DLC narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had a race to a final battle and defense with Warden and the Punch. We had to take uh, special places as fraud to stop Oriel and uh, take away her uh, buffs, things like that. Yes. And here, only uh, uh, Storox, you are filling a ruination, so a, a bar on the top that all beastmen have as a free LC, so we won't be talking about it. But mm. you need to fill it. It's a little, little bit grindy, I would say, okay. a little. <laughs> uh, It's a lot. It's it's very grindy. Yeah, it's like ah, I have beat the game on turn thirty. Now to get more ruination. <laughs> yeah, I need to do uh, the same thing for like fifty turns at least. Uh, but uh, it, when you fill the ruination, you are getting to the final battle, and only difference between between Mortal Empires and Vortex is that it's a different battle. 
Yeah. And I don't know. If you compare it, it to the previous DLCs, then it's uh, then it's then it's like like loose. You need to say something because I, 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 I compared <laughs> no. to the previous DLCs, it is it's just not on the same caliber. And I have some opinion. This is not the podcast for it, but I have some opinions or like ideas on why that may be. But that's it's more of a comprehensive uh, piece of everything that happened that day. But the uh, spoilers on that. I'm actually, I don't know. It feels to me like the DLC we got is the free LC in a way, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, okay. Uh, we had to pay it because it was a tradition. <laughs> yeah, that's it, kind of what it seems like. Cause, okay. I mean, we will talk it about on, on the end, I think, because yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a conclusion thing. Uh, okay, Luz, what's with... Because it's all for the for all for the Beastmen. We really don't have anything more to talk about, oh. Tarok, sadly, in terms of gameplay. Uh uh, there isn't any new uh, in-battle stuff uh, in terms of Jabberslide, Gorgon, and Tusker Chariot. So Same. nothing in terms of gameplay. Uh, so what about Lizardmen? What's the mechanic for Oxyotl? Okay, so Lizardmen, um, to me, was a lot more interesting. Oxyotl gets to play the Chaos Cop and stop all ne'er-do-wells and bad guys across the entire world. And uh, I thought that was so much, so much fun. Um, God, I had so much fun playing Oxyaddle. Well, at least at least on the campaign side of stuff. There is one thing about him I don't like, and that it felt like at the beginning of the campaign, I had to fight every single battle manually, which is not like a complaint. I'm there to play the game. But even if the garrison was like 80 tiny Norskins versus my skink army, it would still give me like massive losses. Now I'm just, oh God, come on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I had the same uh, with Abyssman and Oxyoto because uh, even with those uh, deals, uh, auto resolve changes, I felt that auto resolve still hate player. It, it really seems to. Uh, uh, it, and I feel that uh, auto resolve treats a player uh, as a ver very, very casual player because I know people that have problems in battles in this game. Yeah? Yeah. And they use auto-resolve... I, I know such people... Uh, they like campaign stuff. They don't like battles. They are very bad at battles. Uh, and I feel that auto-resolve is, like, made for them. Because the results that you are getting from auto-resolve are very similar to what they are getting in their battles. I, I think I get that. But most players are not casuals in Total War, I feel. No, like, already. this is, it's not, this is not, it's, it kind of feels like it's on its way to being a more mainstream thing, but it's still kind of niche, and people who play this know what they're doing. I'm not just going to let my only two Saurus die for no reason. I'm yeah. going to ambush the hell out of them with my Stalkers and my Chameleon Skinks, and the only thing I'm going to lose is ammo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In mo most cases, that's the scenario. But uh, let's get back to the mechanics of Oxyotl. So Oxyotl have two mechanics, and one is that using map one time each turn, you can teleport to special missions uh, when you fight. Uh, sometimes spawned uh, army, sometimes you need to kill uh, a specific uh, faction, mm -hmm. and you have some very small rewards for them and uh, penalties if you don't do them because they have turns. 
and they have also difficulty levels. And sometimes uh, if you don't do them, the spawned army gets stats bonuses. Sometimes you get uh, faction white negative bonuses, uh, etc. And the second one, he can build, uh, if for winning those battles, he can build a sacred sanctums. Uh, so they are working like Skaven under empires, having, having buildings with crazy bonuses for the local region. Oh, yeah. Like, really OP. Uh, people are doing free armies thanks to them because you can build them in every uh, settlement in a province, for example. And that's it. <laughs> that is it. But it's so... Uh, to be fair, base game Lizard Man don't have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the problem, I think, uh, with, uh, for me... I had much less fun in Oxyotl campaign than Torox campaign because uh, Lizardmen as a base faction are really bad right now in Vanilla. They don't feel good to play at all. No, nothing really works. Uh, the buildings, effects, tech tree is terrible. Geomantic web is useless, really. Uh, slan are also generic lords. They don't feel like slan. They don't feel like rewarding. Nothing. Uh, it's of all the factions that were hitting game two. I was most excited for Lizardman. Like, are you kidding me? Lizardman finally get love. They're up there with Beastmen for me, and it seems like they kind of got the Beastmen treatment where they've been going to pushed aside and kind of forgotten. Like, sure, they get lords, they get Lord Croak. That's neat. But my yeah. main faction mechanic, I forget that it's there. No one cares about the geomatic nexus. Yes, and the problem is uh, because I was expecting this at least same rework as Hylos received uh, in the past with the Warden and the uh, Pouch DLC. I'm talking about this DLC a lot because I still think it's the best DLC that we have for Warhammer 2 in terms of quality and everything. And there were very small touches to the uh, Hylos, like increasing uh, influence gain, the changes of some events effects, small, really small stuff, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, they did the same with the Dark Elves, so they gave uh, the uh, only small buff to Black Arcs, yeah? So skills, some buildings, very simple stuff. And none of this was added to Lizard. I was hoping for at least better effects for Geomantic Web. That would fix a lot of stuff for them. Yeah, the Geomantic Web, I think all it would take, to, like just my two cents about not knowing anything, um, the I Don't Know podcast, sponsor. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that if every if like every like focal point for the geomatic nexus if everyone added like some small thing to like the overall nexus like you had like almost like landmarks or something that would go a long way to make it more interesting like you want certain landmarks instead of just i'm conquering it oh I'm, I just happen to get a Nexus buff. Like, actually, you put your sights on something like, yes, I want extra growth, or yes, I want this army ability. Just just something. Yeah, I, I think uh, also if uh, Geomantic Web on higher levels would have very small faction-wide bonuses. Yeah. Like, yeah, very yeah. small. It would it would fix the problem because you would want to build them. You would really want to build them, yeah? Make mm -hmm. this really uh, Nexus net of two different effects. And right now it's, uh, but we uh, are here to talk about the DLC. All right, all right. <laughs> so, uh, like again, what you're building off of Oxyadol, the the whole idea, like overall, and this kind of ties to the Nexus in a way because the Nexus encourages you to go after specific targets, and in ways that really aren't 
comprehensible to mortals. Like, oh, why does he want this city so bad? They don't know, understand. I would want multiple cities in different provinces, for example. But it's a Geomanda Nexus thing. That can make it cool, whatever. But Oxyadal is full-on embracing the weirdness of Lizard Man and, like, stuff that I, like, really keyed in on him. Just, what what is he doing here on the other side of the world? Oh, Oxy was here for, like, a turn to kill a Beastman Herdstone. The Lizard Men saved us! Yay! Uh, what's he doing here? Blah, blah, blah. I feel like they really captured that. The Silent Sanctum's also really fun. I've been kind of hoping for another faction other than Vampire Coast because I forget they exist anymore uh, to get a <laughs> a Skaven Undercity type thing that they can play around with. I feel like this is different enough for the Undercity to where it's like, yes, obviously it's Undercity inspired, but I don't think of it as an Undercity like I did with Coves. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the choices there were much better. I agree. All of the buildings... Oh. If, if you compare it to the uh, choices for the momentum of the Torx, yeah, the choices were much better here. Mm -hmm. uh, my only complaint with the teleportation and mission of Oxyotl was that it forced you to have a lot of wars. Yeah, there was that. I was always fighting off like every Norsekin faction in the game. He had the good thing that when he's on enemy territory, he don't get uh, diplomacy, the diplomacy penalties. But besides that, I was... The first game of my Oxyota I lost very, very early because I had just too many wars. I took every mission with teleportation and everyone wanted to kill me. Uh, but uh, again, this is this is all. There no more mechanics for Oxyota. Yeah. Besides the Sanctum, there is not a lot of choice in his mechanics. No. Oh, um, there was one neat thing that I hope they incorporate somehow in the future where one of his negatives was directly tied to the story of the entire map, where if he failed to do stuff, the chaos invasion got closer. Like he was an actual warden against chaos. I think that is really cool and thematic for the character. Yeah. The, the idea uh, was cool, but also if you're talking about this chaos invasion, he doesn't have any narrative mechanic, sadly, no. same as Torox. So you need to just make a campaign objective and as long as you have the final mission unlocked. And it's all ready for him. And it was... I, I Again, as I was saying with Taurox, it was just a disappointment. <laughs> it's like in old days when you're uh, playing a Blizzard game, when Blizzard was a good company, and you're finishing the game and you're not getting uh, ultra cinematic. It would be the same because you, you uh, people were always playing uh, good Blizzard games, <laughs> old games, uh, and and the end you always had this very epic cinematic. And it's like playing good Blizzard game and not getting cinema cinematic on the end. And it hurts. It hurts. And like for all the like, I like to talk up how fun Oxyadol is, but I mean, once you get over that, there's just nothing else to it. Although I will say. Uh, another thing related to the Lizardman in this DLC, that Skink Oracle hero is ridiculous. Yes. Uh, in oh terms my of, god! <laughs> we can get to this is a good topic in terms of gameplay because uh, he makes uh, two units uh, obsolete. So Troglodon, normal Troglodon is useless when you have uh, Oracle because Oracle have everything better. He mm -hmm. stats everything and normal Carnosaurs also. He's so my in the early Oxyadol fights that you have to fight because you lose the auto resolve, like lose your source and shit. Um, 
they're half dead by the time they get to you just off of troglodon spit and fireballs yes. it's, it's just that's it what is it 800 uh, damage on a troglodon and it's anti-large yeah we can we can also talk about this this dlc have insane power creep it does it does uh, uh not that bad on oxyotl because he have those uh, his power creep are sanctums yeah yeah. So they are in only in the specific regions. If you stack them properly, they get cheesy. But Torux, you're winning game. You you are your top one power in the game at turn ten, Torux. Mm-hmm. Nothing can kill you. Really, nothing can kill you because you you're even on legendary. I saw people that uh, you're killing them so fast that they are not able to make armies even. And on is. legendary AI cheats as hell in vanilla, <laughs> and like even then, Torox just doesn't seem to care. <laughs> and it, uh, this moves us to the fun factor, uh, uh, because uh, power is fun, but when power goes to a level of absurdity, I think it's not fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, it's drinking a lot of caffeine and for a little while, yeah, whoa, he- this is amazing, and then that wears off and it's just uh, nothing I do, nothing yeah. they do affects me. Nothing I do really has impact. I've already won. Yeah, you you don't feel that you earned the power. You just Not got at it. All. I, I'm, I I showed up as Torox. I'm essentially a max level lord. I've already won the game. <laughs> Yeah, because even looking on the previous DLC, we had to, even with this very poor uh, uh, day forge, you need to level up those items to make them very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, in World and the Patch, you need you had to get uh, gather the materials to make the uh, goblins OP. Things like that. You had to uh, have a specific prisoner as Elfarion to get a specific stuff that makes him OP. But... <laughs> You had to earn this, and as Torox, you're not earning any of this. Something about Torox we haven't even touched on, and I think this cements how strong he is, is his river of blood thing that he has. It never oh, seemed yeah. better. Yeah, I, I, yes. uh, uh, in terms of uh, Beastman, I think many stuff that he reworked and uh, river of blood are meaningless, are totally meaningless. Things yeah. that were looking cool on paper, like Bestial Rage, for example. I you don't about care it. about Bestial Rage. Uh, all the new events that they did for the Beastman are, all are meaningless, totally. You don't care about the effects in there because they are so small or, or not helping. Like uh, Horde Growth, you don't care about it. Uh, bestial, gro- uh, bestial Rage, you don't care about it. Uh, everything uh, in terms of income, you don't care about it, really. Only things that I was always taking is movement and replenishment. Movement and replenishment, just the gas you need to keep going. And it's so easy to keep going, man. Here, let me just recruit a giant on tier three in one turn. Just let me do that. That'll be fine, right? Yeah. And this is this is what we're talking in this segment. I think that Power Creep killed the fun factor in this DLC. For me, like, at least. I, I, I'm right there with you. It's like, I've been waiting for this, for like Beastman stuff forever. But they, they, it's too much. It is too much. You don't feel like you earn any of this. You're just getting it. 
Like yeah, my... enemies are not fighting you. They just uh, step to you and lie <laughs> down. Enemy armies are just sacks of HP. For, like, yeah. <sighs> my poor boys. I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> yeah, it would be, uh, I would not say nerfing, but maybe making more Beastman stuff, you know, on the one line. <laughs> so everything matters, not not like it is right now in vanilla. It's fun. I, I would say it's fun, it but fun. I think uh, yeah. since the, uh, again, I will be talking about the world and the punch DLC, uh, CA went a, a path that uh, they don't want to balance campaign anymore. They just want to make fun mechanics. But fun mechanics that you need to earn. You need to do something to get them. And mm. I'm all about that. This is great. I had a lot of fun with Snitch. Uh, even Malus. I like Malus because you need to do stuff to get him powerful. Yes. Uh, I like Altharion. I like uh, Throat because you are unlocking those stuff to make him powerful. But here, you don't have any of this. You're just starting as a power creep. And it's... I don't know. There, I guess there's something to be said whenever the mood hits you. It's like, I want to play as Torox, the Brass Bull, Korn's Chosen Beastman, yada yada. You get that, but you're bored of it in ten turns. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you there is no build-up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is... I, 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 I'm very confused about it uh, because uh, mechanic is great. Even that it has bugs. But the pacing of it, how fast you get it, just, just. Uh, and sadly, this is also the same with Oxyotl. After 10 turns, you have nothing to discover for Oxyotl in terms of mechanics. Yeah. When you put it that way, there isn't, like, you, that's it, front loaded. Sanctums, yeah. missions. Even like, again, <laughs> uh, getting back to all the DLCs, even Snitch, you were making reputation with different clans and you wanted to get those things. You wanted to level up Snitch to get those uh, this OP stuff that was killing whole faction. You had the goals to do it. And here is... Anyways, it feels vanilla, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Like, of course, it is vanilla, but even compared to their other stuff, it feels lacking. I yes. still go back and play Snitch. I play each of the Skaven except for Treach Craven Tail pretty evenly because each of them has a... Th- well, not Skrulk anymore. Uh, Skrulk <laughs> has been rendered... We'll talk about that in the free LC thing, I imagine, but Skrulk <laughs> is useless now. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, talking still about the fun factor, I had fun factor in this DLC, but only for several turns on the beginning. Uh-huh. I didn't see either of the campaigns. Especially Torox. I don't see myself ever completely finishing one unless I just rush the story. I don't see myself burning down the entire of the Immortal Empires. And I feel I, like the uh, and Oxy, I don't wear off really quickly as well. I will I will say it. Uh, in my Torox campaign, I cheated. I cheated to uh, get the uh, Reignation on Max to get the final battle because I ended at least something like turn 50. I had two Doomstacks full of Minotaurs and I it, 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 we were talking about chat because I was live streaming it. I was like looking on my armies and said, what I'm doing? Why I'm doing it? <laughs> I, I doesn't feel, it doesn't feel fun anymore. But I was uh, fast forwarding battles that was killing a lot of my units in Auto Resolve. This is not how 
I think games should be. <laughs> the game the should DLC. not be like a chore to get through. Yeah, even if I was complaining about the previous DLCs, but I need to uh, uh, give a lot of kudos right now to the Creative Assembly. They made the DLCs, the previous DLCs, they, yeah, they, they were power creep out there, but they were fun to the end. Even if, if it was only 50 turns or if it was only 100 turns, you were always having something. Uh, this Legendary Lord specific, this DLC specific thing, always to do something mm-hmm. after these 50 turns. Here, after 10 turns, you are not discovering anything. You don't have taming. You're not, you're not looking for more dragons as Emmerich. You're not wanting to uh, unlock new stuff as Snitch. You don't want to get new prisoners as Rufarion. There's nothing here. And it's... I don't know. I feel like if they would have taken a hammer to it for another week or two, they could have done something else to, to temper it, stretch it out a little bit in an enjoyable way, and instead... I don't know. We've been kind of harping on the same topic for like 20 minutes. I think we should move on. <laughs> Because the, the it, it's almost gonna, perfect. It's it, so close to being good. Yes, there is so small stuff that would need to be there yet yeah, to un- unlock it. Even if, let's let's uh, let's make like a uh, uh, let's take a roll of uh, designing it right now. Okay, sure. M- uh, momentum, momentum for towers. You know how it cool uh, would be to fix it. What do you got? First of all. You're not getting momentum at all. At turn f- uh, level 5, as Torox, you are unlocking a, a quest battle. Simple quest battle. You need to win it. You win mm. it, you're unlocking momentum to the first stage because momentum have three stages. And we do it same. Now, for the first time, when you get to the stage 2, not level of Torox right now, you're unlocking second quest battle that is harder. Because we know that he is able to make great quest battles. The final quest battle was cool. Yeah. yeah. It was very easy, but was cool because you were killing innocent people there. So it's always cool. <laughs> you okay, Paris? You, you feeling good? <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it because they, uh, for the first time, they make a unit that is like useless uh, in terms of gameplay. It was only for fun, for you to kill them. You have to uh... kill two thousand units just for fun. Let's call it that. Killing uh, killing uh, artificial units for fun. Artificial, I said. <laughs> and uh, it, you are uh, making the second quest battle and you are knocking second momentum. And the last one is the hardest battle and you are locking the first one. And it would be f- feeling much more uh, rewarding, in my opinion. And easy to do because they did it with Wolfheart already. And Nakai. That is true. I guess hmm. the only thing with that would be because, you know, the, the bar resets and you have to build momentum again. But, I mean, just like a couple more. I'd say like an afternoon you can work out something great even like just with your idea and even with it resetting. I've... Sorry, there's weird stuff going on in my house. I... Uh... <laughs> Uh, lost my train of thought, but yeah, that could be easily be reworked into being just that, and that would feel a lot better than just, hey, you did it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Hey, you, you want to, something to add because we will need to move to score right now. <laughs> um, is there anything else I wanted to bring up? Um, 
if we were going to do something similar for Oxyadol in his um how he after a couple of turns you've experienced everything he has to offer. I would I don't know. Um how would you expand upon that? The only thing I, I could think of is like specific targets, like eventually um, when the chaos invasion spawns, you get like a special thing or something like that. That's all I can think of. I think that uh, effects of his mission could progress. So effects on the me of his mission give you perma reward, some of them. Ooh. Or even use the new stuff that Beastmen have with the technologies that you unlock some special branches of the technologies for him. How about also, instead of giving you enough time to do every mission to fight chaos... There are they have either shorter time limits or there are more of them, so you can't do every single one. Yeah, yeah, that would be also cool. So you need to make choices, but if you had uh, to pick one of four at the same time, let's say each of those would have uh, different rewards, permanent rewards. I think combining those two things together would be great. Make it feel better. You see, you see, it's not so hard. <laughs> <laughs> And it's uh, in terms of uh, modding right now, it would be rather easy. And for CA, it would be like... Ooh, fingers crossed then, Mr. SFO man. <sighs> yeah, we shall see. So I think we can move to the score of this DLC. Uh, yeah. uh, very, very hard score right now, I think. Uh, as the last DLC, it would be the hardest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... With less ogres being better. Yes. Uh, less ogres being better. Ten ogres is the worst. Zero ogres is the best score. I am overall satisfied with it. But I am not a game designer. And I can still see where there are some problems. And there are just straight up mechanical issues. Like the Kawadals animations. The Oracle just being a clay statue on the Troglodyte's back. <laughs> Things like that. I I think I'm going to say three ogres out of ten. Three ogres. Okay. So uh, mine would be like going from the top of uh, segments. Uh, in terms of presentation, uh, I would give one ogre to all of those Beastman stuff, like Kotal and disappearing weapons from Stalkers, not moving Oracle, so this presentation, as I was saying, Kotal is the worst thing that we received from Creative Assembly that we had to pay for, really. I would not have this unit, really, and it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> because the quality of it is, is that bad. I, I, I love this company, but I cannot look, uh, not look on s such a thing, you know? Don't you know, close my eyes. We completely forgot one part about the Coatl. That's really weird. Yeah, I, I cannot forget about Coatl. Even even if I don't like ogres, I can say that they are looking good. Yeah, but this is Coatl and it's poorly... Even the unit that I don't like, even if ogres would be poorly done, I would say it as a negative, even that mm. I hate. <laughs> so uh, for presentation, I will give one ogre. Yeah, for the story... Um, story linked with mechanics that the Vortex doesn't have anything that the Mortal Empires uh, doesn't have. Also one Ogre, so we have two. Uh, and it links with the gameplay. Uh, fun Factor also links with the gameplay where we're talking about the power creep, the big problem of it. 
So it's another ogre, and yeah, I would go three ogres, three ogres. Even that, I'm like three and a half right now. One half eaten ogre, got it. <laughs> yeah, one half eaten ogre. Uh, so even if we go, even if I got four, uh, if it would be three and a half. We add our scores, and uh, if I go with uh, saying, maybe I need to uh, gather my thoughts. This is this is hard topic to rank this <laughs> score. This DLC. I wanted to, uh, if you can compare this DLC to the DLCs that we had in Warhammer Two, talking only about the Lord DLCs, not the faction DLCs. So not the Tomb Kings and the Vampire Cults. Cults. Mm -hmm. How would I compare it? Yeah. Um, oh God, uh, it is. It is not near the top. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I, is... um, we would need to make a ranking, you know, with those tiers. We should, uh, tiers. Uh, we, we should we make it with, with tiers, that. and uh, I will uh, would make that it will be visible on the YouTube also, <laughs> so people can watch it. Uh, so uh, let's. Uh, I think uh, let's go with the middle ground. Let's say it's a it's a medicor, medicor uh, DLC in compared to all of the rest for the Warhammer Two right now. Yeah, I to get my thoughts completely out there without going too deep into them. I cared way more about the free DLC updates than the actual paid DLC. Oh yes, and uh, I don't know. I think we can talk about the free free DLC right now because it's it's not that much uh, that uh, uh, it, not that much to talk uh, for a separate episode. I think. What mm. do you think about it? If we hmm, we could probably condense it down, but we tend to really get into our topics, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we can. Uh, I think we can uh, talk about the free DLC uh, with the state of the game. Yeah. Because uh, for the next episode, we want to talk about the actual state of the game, how the game is being left right now. Because uh, CA said that that was the last DLC. Probably there will be small update with the pre-order DLC, if the pre-order DLC will be in this game, but I highly doubt it. Uh, and if it will be, then. This won't be the last update. This just was the last DLC. But uh, I can say, as a small spoiler, I think that the free DLC is much more worth it than the DLC. And if someone would ask me uh, if I'm willing to play for a free DLC instead of a DLC, I would take the I would pay for the free DLC. I'm in the same camp. Uh, that's another small spoiler on my part. I think the free LC that the Beastmen got specifically made entire other Lords campaigns just pointless. Yeah, uh, with the, how unique uh, Taurox is able to unlock the uh, other legendary Lords, there's really no point of playing it. But this is the thing that we will talk about the state of the game because this is a problem not only for the Beastmen right now, uh, but overall, our scoring is three ogres out of ten, so oh, yeah. not not that good, not that bad. But uh, if I would if someone asked me if I recommend this DLC, I would say don't buy it right now. 
by a Call of the Beastman DLC mm-hmm. because you're getting much more thanks to this new uh, rework and it's cheaper right now thanks to all the sales. Oh, yeah, and it you, is. If you really have have money, then you can buy it. But if you don't, if you don't buy it, you won't lose much from this DLC right now. Okay, I'm I'm gonna probably agree with you there. You get more just out of the other beastmen that you would get with Call of the Beastmen, just because of how much was in the DLC and how much it changed with the faction as a whole. But we can get more into that next time. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this whole episode was uh, very hard for us. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to love it more. I wanted to love yes. it so much more. Yeah. Uh. If, if you if we look on our episode uh, when we were talking about uh, the free stuff, uh, we only said uh, in a very short segment uh, that the DLC stuff is looking good. Yeah, we like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we have very high expectation, and now we just met those expectations. And uh, this, this this was not a good meeting with those expectations. <laughs> I would yeah, say. Unfortunately, I'm still satisfied, but. Still, still hurts. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it, it really hurts because I have on the tip of my tongue that I want to say that the DLC is good and it's worth it, but I can't. It it would not be honest. Mm-hmm. My, the enthusiasm in my heart for Torox, Lizardmen, Beastmen in general, it's it's like yes, yes. But if you actually look at what you're getting, it's no. It's such wasted potential. It's like seeing your your very intelligent child that you have such high hopes for, and they are outside in your driveway eating rocks. <laughs> you know what's even funny? Uh, you don't know uh, our listeners because uh, together with Luz, we had a talk before this, and uh, Luz had much better opinion before the podcast about the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. To be honest, I also had much better opinion. But when you speak it out loud, the things that uh, bothers you, it's it's harder and harder to uh, separate DLC from the free DLC right now in terms of mm-hmm. quality. It is. I hope that uh, Warhammer Free won't have this problem. I again, I have really high hopes for three, but I, I don't think this is the place to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, we made so many uh, side topics for the other episode that we'll be recording. And yeah. uh, right now, if uh, we won't get sick, like I for the weekend, we will be recording each week uh, with new topics. And the mm-hmm. next topic will be the state of Warhammer 2 as a game right now. So I, I guess we're done for now, for here? Yeah, yeah. This is the worst uh, uh, farewell that we did so far. So uh, <laughs> I like it. It feels real. <laughs> It's really not. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel, yeah. Okay, I will just cut it up. <laughs> <laughs>